0: And welcome to the Nostalgia Podcast, a
1: podcast where we discuss the retelling or continuation of pop culture favorites as seen through a queer and feminist lens.
0: My name is Eric Lafibre. And
1: I'm Jessica Tercero.
0: And this week we watched Let the Right One In
1: and Let Me In,
0: which was an American remake to the original two, two years, years later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that we both, I, but that was not even scripted. No,
0: but that was like, that's part of the whole reason. It's just like, what? What an interesting take to do a remake two years later. But, I mean, the international connotation to it to be like, we're going to make the American version or whatever.
1: Well, um, because Americans can't read subtitles, I guess. No.
0: Americans don't know art. Okay. God damn it.
1: <laughs> uh Yeah. This was... Okay. So, I had seen the original, like, around when it first came out. And I loved it. Yeah. And then I saw the remake because I was kind of... I had no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh so I went to go watch it and I was just like, What the fuck? Like what is happening? It's so and we'll get into it, but it's basically the exact same movie, the exact same dialogue yeah. for most scenes, almost the exact same sets. Yeah, and um, same shots
0: too. The like same shots. they they really tried to frame things specifically like the original. They tried like the dialogue again most of the crucial scenes are word for word the exact same
1: well i i disagree to some extent about the way that they framed the shots and stuff like that cuz
0: i'm I, really just thinking about the pool scene
1: oh okay cuz that's like well that's I, the thing cuz that's yeah. the
0: critical that's like Ooh, but whoa. i mean there
1: was like a lot of like lens flare and stuff like that oh, and there was, yeah. there was uh there wasn't as much space in the frame because this was done by uh jj abrams protégé
0: oh really that,
1: right? oh yeah yeah for sure so We'll get into it, but I originally, before even having this lens, is like, fuck that. And then now rewatching it again. And because like, it's practically the same, but the choices they made and the, the things, like just Ooh. little things that they decided to change, that they didn't even have to change. They didn't, they changed the fucking names of the characters. They didn't need to do that. Yeah. But then they also like some super fundamental things that are just like, that completely changed the entire thing and what it was about. So I'm yeah.
0: Yeah. It changes the entire tone of the film. Like obviously because it's the American version of it we're seeing different themes. We're seeing different justification for action in certain characters. uh, But also just like it just completely missed it. (laughs) Like it missed the point of the movie sort of. Like the remake was just like okay sure but no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. like And I feel like if this was like a standalone movie like it didn't have any else yeah. to compare it to because it was this was also a book that mm-hmm. was then adapted into uh it was a Swedish book that was adapted into a Swedish film that America was like yes we need this in American Cause the sto- and you're like what is happening
0: because the story is cool and the idea is cool and like that first movie was great like there was so much about the idea of it that I would like just initially be like oh my god horror film yes vampires yes like bizarre aging thing uh, a conversation about bullying a conversation about like all of that like yes let's talk about it let's do do it yeah but um america just missed the point
1: i got shit to say
0: yeah let's do it should we jump in
1: in 1980s sweden we find a young boy named oscar a victim of bullying who is fascinated with murder In the middle of the night, Ellie moves into the neighboring apartment with their presumed father slash murder daddy, who subsequently targets young men to capture and drain their blood for Ellie, who is, surprise, a vampire. Oscar and Ellie become friends, and upon Ellie's insistence, Oscar stands up to the bully and basically chops his ear in half.
0: On that same day, the neighborhood skepticism for the missing persons and the covert life of Ellie and their quote-unquote dad come to an impasse when a body is discovered during a class field trip. In a desperate attempt to gather more blood, Murder Dad gets caught by the authorities, but not before pouring acid on his own face. Ellie visits him in the hospital, and in a last effort to feed, Daddy gives Ellie his neck and is plunged to his death. As authority suspicion gets closer to incriminating Ellie and their belated daddy, a former victim's partner visits their home and gets eaten. Ellie decides to leave, and Oscar is left alone to face a school bully's big brother. Psyche! Ellie comes back and saves him by murdering a bunch of kids. They run away together and live happily happily ever ever after. after? Love it.
1: Oh, we did that. That was We did that. I know.
0: (laughs) Question mark intention.
1: Awesome. So I have a lot to say about this movie. Where should we start?
0: I want to start with the tone of the movie in a conversation about intentional androgyny.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, say what you're going to say, and then I'm going to say how they achieved this, because that um androgyny was absolutely intentional. Yeah. Um, Like 1000%. Everything in this film was intent.
0: Which I loved. Yeah, because the whole the whole tone of the movie, part of me was like, am I just ignorant to Swedish culture? Because maybe it's just my Western lens looking at this and being like, oh, things feel androgynous in sort of an ignorant way. But the more I looked at the film, like we look at Oscar, Oscar, who is... A fairly feminine but also kind of masculine like again androgynous in, in in the way that he carries himself all of the classmates in the same way some longer hair some shorter hair there's no really specificity therein on gender and also color If we're looking at the color theory of the movie everything is kind of muted or or pastel and nothing's really indicative of uh one thing or another and including like when they're in the bathroom and like it's red and white not green and red I mean, again, that might just be a culture thing, but I feel like that was a very intentional like, we're not trying to imply anything with these characters. These characters just exist, but everything feels very androgynous. And there's only several moments where we see like masculinity and femininity in a very specific Mm -hmm. way, like... You well, and
1: I think that that's something that in American culture we've come to just kind of like accept because it's just fucking everywhere. right? Yeah, oh, yeah, like I go yeah, into yeah. a bathroom and it's fucking pink and I'm like, OK, yeah. but like I see somebody like open the door to the dude's bathroom and the you know, urinals are kegs.
0: And, <laughs> and, it, you
1: know, and it's all blue and it's all like, you know, just reinforcing like the gender norms and yeah. things like that. Which, and yeah. And you know, we just come to expect that, um, yeah. which is a, a choice 1000% they made in the new, in the newer read and make, right? And we'll yeah. get into that. But what I really loved about this, especially was that, yeah, there's really no like gender roles aside from like, you know, any of the women that we see, they're just kind of like, are just kind of hanging out hanging out with the dudes right yeah. uh we see the mom of oscar for like a minute and she's like a working woman she's never fucking home right Yeah. yeah, yeah. and then the only other woman that we really see we see two women one of them's a nurse right
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the other one is the one that hangs out with her boyfriend and all the boys so she's like the token chick
0: yeah she's like i'm like a dude girl yeah and which if, is whatever even
1: in that like she wasn't like gendered in the sense it wasn't like hey can you get us a round of beers or hey can you do this she was like, just a buddy she's just kind of there yeah. you know and yeah. she just happened to be like boning one of them which was fine yeah yeah you know um but then when you look at ellie too ellie was we assumed in the beginning a girl right because the long hair or you know like oscar at one point calls her a girl or calls them a girl right yeah. and ellie's like oh i'm not a girl and you assume it's because, okay, you're you're the monster, you're the vampire, you're, a vampire. you're this, yeah. right? You but,
0: exist outside of a, uh, a human idea of a binary of gender, right? Yes. Yeah.
1: Like, any time that Ellie would say, not a girl, I would think of Janet from The Good from Place, the good place. Right? I thought like, the same thing. Not a girl. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Just like, you're my favorite girlfriend, also not a girl.
1: Not a girl. <laughs> not a girl. <laughs> um, but, like... So later on, we find that there's, like, a scene where he's, like, looking at her while she's changing. He,
0: like, peeps on her while they're changing. Or he peeps on them while they're changing. Peeps on them, yeah. And there's that quick shot of, like, crotch. Mm-hmm. And it shows an incision scar of, like, sort of removed genitalia.
1: And that was a mannequin. Just yes. so you know. Yes. So yes, yes, they yes. were very respectful, which is great. And I love that. But, yeah. So I guess in the books, because this is a book first, right? Yeah. Ellie was castrated before Mm -hmm. he was turned and so that's why not a girl very androgynous to the point to where um, if you look at the clothing that they wear for the most part it's not really gendered until they put on the dress you know his mom's mom's dress Mm -hmm. or Oscar's mom's dress yeah but then they also redubbed the voice too because that's not that actor's voice. That's they had another actor come in and do all of the lines really? and everything. Just to really sink into that androgynous thing. Yeah. Uh, that and that was a choice that the director made because he was just like, this needs to be more androgynous.
0: Yeah. Which I absolutely love. And and part of that too, within the dialogue, we look at Oscar in those moments when he misgenders them. Like that first time, Ellie asks Oscar. Essentially posing the question, "What would you say to me if I told you I wasn't a girl?" He says, "What do you What do you mean?" Just like, "Well, what if What if I told you that I wasn't?" He's like, "Okay, that's fine. Are we friends?" Yeah, he doesn't like, care again. And I I, I love the intention of that. So
1: good, yeah.
0: And then later, when uh, Ellie comes to the window and like crawls into bed with Oscar, Oscar is like, "Will you be my girlfriend?" And then Ellie is not just like, "Well, I'm not a girl." <laughs> and then Oscar just cool, would you like to go steady? Like, yeah. posits the question in a way that has nothing to do with gender, right? Like, the, the structure of a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Just like, cool, let me rephrase. Do you want to go steady?
1: Yeah, because it's, it's not about Ellie being a girl or whatever. Yeah. It is literally just, I like you.
0: I like you, yeah.
1: I want to be your person.
0: Mm-hmm. So the intention of that, I thought, was so... It was just so cool, especially, like... I don't know, like a movie about young romance and having such clear understanding of gender expression and gender fluidity for especially a young boy to kind of be so open and be like, yeah, that's like not even a wince of what do you mean you're not a girl? What does that mean? Like, let me see like nothing of that. It's just like, cool. You told me that. Great. Let me rephrase. Like, yeah. And yeah. I love
1: that. And I love that that's the world that they live mm-hmm. in. Because again, like there was never any stereotypical like roles that people are supposed to inhabit yeah. or anything, mm-hmm. you know, there are certain times where the character themselves was like a stereotype, right? Like the angry boyfriend, you know, yes. and stuff like that. But like, that's a stereotype of an angry partner. So yeah, I I, I loved that.
0: But and then I also t- speaking more on gender, there was a clear dichotomy of a scene that I want to get into that felt like, and again, this movie has a lot of intention. When the plaid guy gets killed by Ellie in the in the tunnel,
1: oh yeah, yeah.
0: When um they're like, oh I'm I'm lost, like I I have nowhere to go. Can you help me? And he walks up, he's like, yeah, of course. And she jumps, or they jump on him and just like devour him and like kill him. The friend of his is witnessing the murder from his apartment, which is up, so he's watching all of this, like one Mm -hmm. of his friends is watching him die. They're cutting from what appears to be like kind of a big, a big guy wearing plaid, very masculine. He just gave like a really like buddy, buddy hug, like with his friend cutting between the death of him with another male presenting person in a house that is adorned in a very quaint and non masculine way. He has like 30 cats,
1: at least. You know what I, I mean? Love that.
0: So, the, I, So you're I love juxtaposing that. like the death of masculinity in a movie that has everything to do with androgyny with the sort of quaintness and breaking gender or gender yeah. assumption of masculinity in men with this sort of quaint, very soft-spoken, more feminine presenting male.
1: I love that. You know, so he's witnessing yeah.
0: the death of a mask like this male presenting person is witnessing the death of masculinity as expected. And I think that's so interesting. That is so good. You know, because the cutting of it, too, was so specific. It was like, he's wearing this red plaid. It's very distinct. That's happening. And then it cuts to him in his house completely quietly, just like looking out the window with all of his cats like meowing. That's a choice. That is a choice. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And like the whole thing, like we said, was created with intent because like the things that the director decided to take out of Uh the story, he decided not to show the castration scene.
0: Was that a scene that was shot in the book? It, oh, it's in there, right? got it, got it. Got um, it. There's this
1: another subplot that was cut where there's like a pedophilia subplot with Ellie's caretaker. So he said that it introduced too much thematic baggage into the plot for it to be handled properly within the film's runtime. And, you and you know, that I think. Go ahead.
0: No, and you know who didn't handle it properly? America. Oh, fuck <laughs> them. Because they reintroduced that with no conversation about it, which was just like, what are we doing? Sorry, we're going to get to the next one. But that's a very good example of how not to do it. So I'm very happy that this one chose to not even open the the door to having that conversation without having anything to say about it. Because like thematically, you're going to have a conversation about predatory behavior, which I guess in some ways this movie is about that. But a completely different version of that, right?
1: Well, it's not like in the other one, it's like a caricature version of uh, predatory behavior. Yeah. And in this one, it is um, it feels much more natural, yeah. like a natural order of things. And like, so one of the things I want to get into, I love the way that violence is depicted in this film, mm-hmm. not just because it, it feels more real and more tangible, yes. but I love that every single character and this goes for murder daddy this goes for ellie herself who's been doing this forever this goes for the bullies who this is what they want this they all have such conviction when they hit somebody or when they kill somebody or when there is violence used i think just about the only person that doesn't have that is the big brother uh, at oh, the very yeah. end, yeah, right. But everybody, even even the bully kids, are like, "Hey, you should like knock that off." Yeah, right. Like, hey, like you you need to like tone it down and everything. They will fuck with somebody, but like. You can see like they intentionally cut to like the little boy's face when like, you know, they're beating up on Oscar and he's cringing a little bit, you know, like it's painful to inflict violence. And I think that this whole film was a a discussion on cyclical violence Mm -hmm. and how that works in different ways. So you have... The, the obvious one with, like, the bully, right? The bully gets beaten up on by his brother, who is probably, you know, by Nobody their dad. Yeah, yeah. You know, or somebody in their family, yeah. right? They're, they're um,
0: assuming a lineage of violence. And then they're taking that on that. Yeah. to
1: Oscar, right? Mm-hmm. um And then you also have that with Ellie, too, you know, because they have existed for about 300 years. Yeah. As a child with the child's emotional capacity and all of this, you know, because even for being 300 years old, they aren't as mature as they should be yeah. like for for having lived that long. Yeah. Right. And it's it's the parallels to that cyclical violence, I think, is just really important. And it's also in the same way that they have their um, their murder daddy. Right. And then when they're of no use to them anymore, they eat them. And then they're gone and on to the next one. Yeah. So I, I thought that that was really, really great. And it know. was.
0: It, and it was so it wasn't so expositive. It wasn't so ham-fisted. It was so subtle in the way that it was trying to tell this the story of cycles, right? Like like we were saying, this cyclical bullying, but also the life cycles of an of an entire existence. This person who we are story wise implying was once is in love with Ellie. Mm-hmm. Right? The caretaker was once young and they were at one point the same age, but now has grown old and and still loves them, but like in a capacity to where they feel compelled to. Like they have to because who else is going to do it, right? Yeah, like, and so and- once that's over, there's an implication that it's going to be Oscar because then they leave together. And so the cycle begins anew, right?
1: Well and then it, it's also like really interesting because like he the caretaker knows it right he knows yeah. what's happening and yeah. he knows that he's not as fast as he was before he's fail like we don't see him succeed at all we just see him fail mm-hmm. you know he isn't able to provide for her anymore and she yells at him you know cuz she's a child right and she's just like y- you mean I have to go take care of myself and yeah. like so that was uh I I'm, I'm sorry they um so you you have to like reckon with that too mm-hmm. which is so interesting but there's a sequel to this book I guess Oh okay um and in the sequel it starts off with Ellie turning Oscar uh-huh. so that way they both live forever and are the same age
0: wow okay so
1: um like and we don't get any of that right we just think no. that this the the context of this movie that it is just going to continue like that and i think that that was really intentional because they wanted to talk about cyclical violence and how that manifests itself and you know continues on throughout generations but but yeah so in the book it was different and i thought that i i thought that this was a better ending
0: uh, you, you mean then the remake or oh, are no, no, you no, saying in the, the book
1: yeah because there's like the second book where it's like oh look now they live forever it's fine yeah but <laughs> this know? kind
0: of being a, a like a open-ended situation that is implying the reiterative idea of the cyclical aspect of it yeah, because where it's like they, it starts again they could have just chosen yeah.
1: like in if this was a, like first an American film that's what they would have done they would have yeah. ended it with like hey look we both live forever now isn't that cool
0: yeah yeah no <laughs> truly know? yeah yeah,
1: um, yeah.
0: So in my head, too, this is something that I wrote down. So the, the differences between the two, I can conflate to comparing, um, something along the lines of interview with a vampire with, uh, the little vampire. Yeah. With Jonathan Limpnicki. Lim- you remember that movie? Uh huh. So I love they're both too. about vampires and they're kind of similar in story, but like, damn, are they different? Like, it's just yeah. so, it's, it's so one is, yeah, again, not Well, yeah. and this
1: one, like, Being a vampire, like as as much as it was like, you know, there and a big like um conflict in Mm -hmm. the story, right? It wasn't what the film was about. The film was about, from my perspective, it was about falling in and out of love. Yeah. And uh, you know, because we see we see Ellie and whenever we see them, they're just kind of like, oh, whatever, you know, when they're around the caretaker, like, you know, unceremoniously just like Kills them after being with them forever, right? When you're with somebody that you shouldn't be with for too long, then you have no feelings. And then when the final act happens, like sometimes it could just be kind of like, okay, well, this is it. I'm going to move on now. Like it's fine. Like I've got over this while I was in this, right? And so that's when she meets Oscar and, you know, she or they, I'm so sorry, I keep. It's,
0: well, it's it's, it's difficult it, because the character is uh, very female presenting. Not to assume that that's like how yeah. gender works or how gender presentation works, but I think within the story, part of the intention of the visual is to assume a hetero relationship, and to some degree,
1: because everybody in the story refers to them as she. Yes, also, and that. because it's not until the very end that you you understand, yeah, who they are, and
0: it also makes those moments when. They do say, I'm not a girl, not a girlfriend. Like, it makes those moments impactful. It makes them stand out because you're having to confront gender as a construct. You're having to confront gender performance in this space. Even though they look a certain way, they're saying, I'm not this thing. Please address me as such. And it's a great, I mean, again, narrative device. This movie was having that
1: conversation before. In 2008. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like... Before it yeah. became like super mainstream, and yeah, I yeah. loved that. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, so I think it's about falling in and out of love, you know. And mm-hmm. it's really about the relationships between, um, between Ellie and the caretaker and Oscar, mm-hmm. right? Um, everything else is just kind of conflict and just kind of around. Also, both of those actors are so fucking good. Like, okay, so the director waited a whole year to cast those parts. Because he was like I need to find the two perfect children and they need to get along well and they need to do this like and so that's what he did and in the entire time like he gave the parents the script right to approve it right Mm -hmm. before they were in it. Yeah, but he never gave the kids a script he fed them their lines and he said you're very angry with this person because they took away your food. They didn't know what the story was about or anything. They were just said, this is what you're feeling, this is your emotion, and this is what's happening. So as they acted the film, they were starting to understand the story and piece things together. But like I thought that was also a really interesting choice because like because they're so direct in how they're feeling like it's always like you know how ellie is feeling at any given point you know how this person is feeling at any given point and it worked whatever he did worked yeah. and i thought that was really cool
0: well that's super interesting because it's like it's it, it, it's tying direct action to feeling and not let me pretend i'm a vampire who's feeling this way it's like no, no no you're this person how does that feel how does it feel to be hungry? How does it feel yeah. to be mad? How does it feel like just Rather general than, like, core? You're
1: a vampire. Like you blood. don't have any blood. It's you're hungry. And this person took away your food. Well,
0: I there was something that I took note of specifically in the performances of um I don't know the actor's name in the first one who plays Ellie, mm-hmm. but their counterpart, Chloe Grace Moretz. Hit girl. Yeah. Which. <laughs> And I was like, I love her. <laughs> like, I'm so excited for that. Like, I, this is going to be great. Um, She's a great actor. I'm not trying to, like, knock that by any means. But the scene when... Because it's, again, they do the same scene in both films. Um, The scene when they're outside on the play structure and he has to leave. I think it's when they're talking about the Rubik's Cube. And the first one... You hear like also the audio of this. The first one was so good. You hear like some gurgling and some belly rumbles as if to imply hunger. And you you see their face in the movie kind of contort a little bit. And then there's a small hunch and there's an eye twitch and a lip twitch that happen like near the same time. And then it cuts. And I'm like, (gasps) again, implying involuntary action where hunger is involuntary. These moments are involuntary. But then in the new one. Chloe, like you hear a gurgle, and it's oh, she might as well have just been like, "Boy, am I hungry!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and just like the way that the 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 physicality was delivered, yeah. she kind of like rolls over and like holds her stomach, like, "Oh no!" And you're like, Not "Oh again. my god!" Like Jesus,
1: there's a rumbling in my yeah, tummy. Yeah, like
0: somebody needs a snack. Like that's really what so the, comparing the two felt like. It felt like yeah. so intense and intentional, and like really just implying exactly what the story is trying to say in in, in very specific action. And
1: there was so much space, right? There was space in the frames, Mm -hmm. right? There was space in not only the way it was shot, but in the way that the dialogue was paced as well. Yeah. And in the way that it lets you linger on these actors' faces and just really like drink in what they were trying to convey to you, right? And I think that just really like worked so well with the weight that was like all of these kids were saying right like you know all that stuff that we were talking about with like oh yeah it doesn't matter whatever you're not a girl cool fine right yeah and it was it was never there was never a follow-up there was never a thing it was just kind of like the the dialogue was just so intentful too like ah fuck it was good god yeah
0: there was one there was there's a bit of it that i want to get into that i wasn't sure how to, to read but the idea of female presentation in this and the violence attached to it. So like the only two characters we see who to some extent recipients of violence, but also the bringer of violence mm-hmm. are the only two female presenting folks in this movie.
1: I did notice that. Yeah. So I don't,
0: <laughs> I don't like because of a movie that has so much intent for not only the conversation about the gender binary and and all of that. I don't know what that means in the context of this story.
1: I'm not sure either because I don't feel like that was intentional because they focused on other things with regards to female thinking. I think that they were trying to to push forward. Yeah. Um, like how uh, women internalize what men say, men or male presenting people say. Right. Yeah. So. We see the girlfriend that dies later. We see her internalize what her boyfriend said while they were all just hanging out, right? Oh, in the moment when she gets up. What the fuck? And she like walks out and he's like coming after her. He's like, no, no, I didn't mean it. It's fine, whatever, Mm -hmm. right? And then that's actually what leads her to be to be attacked, right? Because she's out in the open and she's just there. She's just a victim, right? And then when we see Ellie interacting with oscar especially in the beginning when they when they're first forming their friendship he tells them that they smell bad you know oh yeah yeah. and uh he's like commenting on her clothes because she's in the snow barefoot with like a t-shirt basically right yeah and he's like you're not cold like and so every time he says something about their appearance or their their way of being and existing yeah ellie internalizes that and fixes it the next time and makes a point to be like do i smell better now do I do this? And then there's a point where they come in through the window, right? Like, you know, don't look, um, gets in bed and Oscar's like, Oh, you're so cold, right? And they're like, Oh, well, is it gross? Is my body gross? Yeah. Right. So like ev- at every point, just kind of like internalizing all of this, like anything that somebody that is of the opposite sex or that, you know, you are somewhat attracted to, you are going to, take and hang on every word whereas i don't feel like that was necessarily the case with any of the male presenting people
0: well maybe that's a conversation about patriarchy at large right maybe it's a conversation about how under patriarchy it's never the men the male presenting people's fault it's never a problem of theirs so we're looking at ellie and the way they present themselves female presenting in this way but like the man, the boy, is always commenting and saying, you should be this, you should do that, you should do this. Even at the same time of having a conversation about gender and being okay and inclusive in demeanor, still being like, why do you smell weird? Why are you wearing that? That's wrong. Why is your body this way? So well, maybe it's the dichotomy of those two things, both being understanding but also being problematic well, in the same turn. Well, her also turn. saying stuff
1: like, uh, we can't be friends. And then it kind of feels like he's like challenge accepted. A little bit. And then... I feel like both of them were kind of challenging each other in this one whereas the other one I don't feel like it was they were on equal footing there and like even though like Ellie is the one that is supposed to be like powerful and all this other stuff and have all of the strength we don't really see them have the strength or even the emotional strength really it's just kind of when they need to like front to everybody it's like look I'm a monster or it's like I am here whatever but then deep down They don't have that emotional strength. They're just kind of like, hey, am I okay? Yeah. Hey, is this fine?
0: Because we do see that Ellie has that strength because they tell Oscar specifically, you are strong. You are big enough. When this person treats you like garbage next time, go beyond what you think is enough because that'll make him stop. So they know in their own heart how to stand up and how to be brave, like not to say that violence is bravery because I don't think that that's true.
1: I don't think this was saying that either, but yeah, I agree.
0: You know what I mean? And I yep. don't think it was, but just I think in the way that I said that, I don't want it to conflate itself as Absolutely. to assume in my voice that I think that bravery <laughs> is violence because I don't. Um, But we're seeing within their own heart that, They have the confidence. They know what it takes to be like, I'm worth something and you're not going to make me feel less than because of what you think that I am. That has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with you. So fuck you.
1: Well, and that's how they present themselves to the caretaker, right? Like, I have to go get this for myself. But then when it comes to new attraction and everything. So then is this also a a comment on... When you're attracted to somebody as a female presenting person, do you need to be weaker? You
0: have to make yourself smaller. You have to make yourself
1: small and make yourself weaker because you need them. And presumably that's how Ellie got the original caretaker or this person to begin with, right? So that's kind of a predatory thing too, right?
0: So of this same conversation about that sort of tactic of making yourself small in a patriarchal state, of making yourself smaller to that way to be less... I'm going to use big air quotes on this word, scary to men by having confidence. Uh-huh. You have to make yourself meager or smaller or whatever just to be attractive, right? What is the 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 action of her leaving the party, the girlfriend? Uh-huh. The action of her reacting because he is implying that Because his friend just died. And so he says something along the lines of my whole life is gone. Yeah. Everything else is meaningless. Nothing matters. And she's like, what the fuck? I'm right here. And he's like, yeah, that includes you essentially is what he's saying. Like, Mm -hmm. then what am I? So he's implying that she does not matter. She gets mad at it. And he's like, that's not what I meant. But it's like, no, it's what you said. Words matter. Use your words correctly next time then. That's the moment when she is attacked. That's the moment when she's vulnerable. She speaks up. She does stand up and say... That's fucked up and that's wrong and fuck you. I'm leaving. I'm taking mm-hmm. myself out of a situation that feels wrong or feels toxic because I thought this was something else and you haven't communicated to me. I'm leaving. So when you do see that personal strength and that confidence, what is the reaction or the, 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 the opposition of that, the consequence of that is violence. Yeah. Right? So and, in that in one moment. In this mo- case, death. In this case, death. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's cool. Do we just yeah. figure that, out, right? Like, so reacting to that in a confident way the consequence of it is to be hammered back down to be literally like she jumps on her and just like bites her and then turns her into a vampire right or Mm -hmm. that yeah right so huh
1: yeah (laughs) I, i have more to say on um on the vampire preying on innocent people yeah because let's go back to the tunnel scene for instance when ellie is there kind of You know, like, help me, help me. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. Right. And the person comes up like everybody in this universe is kind. Even like, I mean, like the bullies, whatever. Right. You know, or they're kind or convicted in -hmm. in their actions. Right. And so, like, even even the neighbors that are shitty or whatever, they're like, let's invite him over. I mean, maybe he'll be around or Or maybe he'll pay for a round of drinks. Yeah, Yeah. you know, Um, so they're shitty, but they're also like they're not American. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, so it's really interesting because they need men to survive is kind of how it's framed. And then when the caretaker is gone, that's when Oscar is moved into that role or coaxed and manipulated into that role in a sense. Right. And then then she goes and she makes him think that she left or they left. I'm so sorry. They make Oscar feel like they left and then like they're going to die. And Ellie comes to save the day. And then it's kind of that part reminded me of like a dark of baptism because he's underwater. Oh, you know? right. And then he
0: comes when and he is reborn. Essentially, everything's he's, different.
1: He's reborn as the new caretaker. The new caretaker. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, I like I, li- I like <laughs> that take. I mean, I will argue I do think that having these two female presenting characters as being sort of one who is... Uh, manipulative and luring and soliciting an idea of control and and all that stuff with money or with whatever like i'll give you whatever just be here with me the other i i I don't fully like i think those moments when she comes back to the house and the cats attack her. that's more maniacal in a sense of like i don't think she's in control i don't i don't oh i I didn't think that she was like trying to get anything done or using anybody in any way. She was so confused. She comes back. She'll be like, I'm here. And then all the cats like literally bite her. And like, she rolls down the stairs and then she goes to the hospital. And then that's when she's like on her deathbed. She's like, I can't do this. Open the blinds. Oh my God. That's right. So, so having, having these two. So one being the victim of the idea of male control, the other being, um, I guess a representation of manipulation to dismantle it.
1: These movies are just so similar it, it, that it was I, know, like, I, I was like, I was like, am confusing, the I'm confusing too. <laughs> them because like they're basically the same, but just presented like s- super different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it changes the connotation to everything. Yes, you know. Uh, but I do think that that like that was a that was exactly what I was trying to get. Yeah. to. Um, yeah, just p- pointed it out much more eloquently. No,
0: but that's but, what that's what it sounded like you were getting at, just in the sense that like you're getting two you're getting two characters who are essentially the same in their presentation, however. They're navigating it completely differently in this world.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're yeah. on the same page. Yeah, cool. Yeah, sweet. See, you were able to like decipher. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and, and, but but even that like this is all just like kind of happening in, in like now because I just watched this today. But like you're you're so right in the way that you were setting that up because it's like this movie is so clearly intentional and so clearly like meticulous in that way, right? So. These characters have to be mean something. These characters have to mean something in this world. These moments of violence uh, towards women have to mean something in this world if we're discussing gender in this way, which this film v- clearly is, right? Mm-hmm. So, because of that, everything's intentional. And so, that's I'm so happy we're getting to that because, <laughs> like, <Yes. laughs> it like everything matters and means something. So, yes, 100% that.
1: Yeah, I I do love that. Oh, um, okay. Where do we want to go from here?
0: I want to talk about just. It's sort of like a, a fun moment for me. Um, that last scene, just how the pool, the, the pool scene. Oh, yeah. So God, the pool. Yeah. Essentially, if you haven't seen it, what happens is the bullies they lock the doors and they tell all the kids to get out of the pool except for Oscar. And then Oscar sitting in the pool. The brother of the kid he hit with the stick and like cut his ear. Mm-hmm. Um, is there with a knife and tells him essentially we're going to play a game you have to go under the water for three minutes and if you come back up i'll just give you a little cut and be on your way but if you can't last the three minutes i'm going to gouge your eye out with this knife as sort of a retaliation for the little brother which mm-hmm. again violence getting violence in this way that's cyclical so we're talking about cyclical violence love <laughs> not love cyclical violence. love the theme love yeah. the, the intention here So he goes underwater and they're like kind of watching the clock. And even the brother whose ears fucked up is like having his reservations visibly. You can see like, hey, can you stop? The brother's like, fucking shut up. Like, no.
1: Again, violence is painful. Violence is painful.
0: And even the other kids who've like moved, literally taken themselves away from the situation and are sitting over on the bleachers now just like with their head kind of tucked down. They're helpless, but they also know that what they've done is wrong. Like they're now starting to face the consequences of this murder that's about to happen. That they, they're, accomplices. they're accomplices, but their their sort of whimsicality to the idea of violence and bullying and what that means, those steps led to this. And then it's a shot. And this is what I'm talking about that I would, like, want to just like love, 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 love. It's a shot of Oscar underwater again. You hear like glass break or some, something to where something's happening topside uh, on the surface. It's still underwater. You start hearing screams. And then you see a full head fall into the water, one of the boy's head. And then there's just like blood going. And then this is the thing that fucking got me. So cinematic horror. Yes, we're seeing like chopped limbs. We're seeing blood. Cool. Great. Gorgeous. We love. But cinematically, they kept showing like these shoes, like the bully shoes. And then in this moment, you see the tips of those shoes being like violently pulled across the top of the water. Almost
1: like they were skiing.
0: Yeah, almost like they were skiing on their toes. So you see their toes like fly across the water with like such speed. So like implying that Ellie has them and is flying them across. Like so it's scary. But then seeing those shoes that like we see, we know which kid this is on the top level just being like flown across That shit fucked me up. That was so scary. Like, just that, because, like, again, the limbs and stuff, whatever, it's classic horror, we see it. Like, we're seeing it very visibly, but just, for me, that was so jarring, and I was like, this is, this is a good scary movie, and it's so simple and so small and so subtle, but,
1: ooh, Well, and I think what makes it so good, too, is that the violence is never... Um, It's always shot in a way like that, where it's not like panning from boom, boom, boom. Here's this. Here's this. Yeah. Bam, bam. What am I looking at? Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's always like done in this really artistic way to where you're not actually seeing the violence. You're seeing it under shadow or you're seeing it from a different perspective than you yeah. normally get mm-hmm. it. And uh, so another intentional thing that the director did. Yeah. right? Um The director is not a horror director at all. OK. Read the book. Loved the book. Loved wanted to do it. Decided that they were not going to start trying to do any research into horror or anything was just like, I need to do this because he wanted to write it about the the kids. Yeah. And that's what makes this movie so amazing and so gorgeous is that by not... Focusing on that violence, you're able to like it's there and it's done in such a tasteful way that you're actually able to focus in on the characters and allow them space for their feelings. Like while they're allowing themselves space to have these feelings and to figure out these weird, complex, big things like you as the viewer are also able to do that. too. Yeah, 100 percent.
0: And I, like you said, it's not allowing the genre to take hold of a story. The story is the pertinent piece of the puzzle here. Pertinent piece of the puzzle. Ooh, alliteration. We love it. Um think- the, the, the story is that, but it's under the guise of horror, but also not really because they've never done horror. I guess this is new information yeah. to me, but what a fresh take then, because if this is a first go at horror, you're getting like, not what's been done. What can we do?
1: Well, and you know what I mean? One of the things that absolutely shows throughout like almost the entire film is Rather than using other horror films for reference, mm-hmm. right? Because they weren't interested in doing what has been done and all of that, and they didn't want that to influence anything. They used paintings as their reference for like mood and for like as as that inspiration that you would normally look to. Like, okay, I'm going to do a horror movie. How am I going to do this? How should I do this? Yeah, just art was.
0: They looked at their paintings of violence. Was or fucking of-
1: actual art. That's cool. Isn't that dope? I love that. Uh,
0: well, I mean, it makes sense because, yeah. like, this movie was so beautiful. It was shot so incredibly well. The tone was perfect. The dichotomy of everything in here, like, even the scene when the, he strings up the first victim and then, like, cuts his artery yeah. and then is, like, bleeding. It's out in the cold. So you're seeing the steam of the blood juxtaposed with the cold environment. So you're getting this hard dichotomy which just blends into the dichotomy of gender and the whole conversation about boys and girls but also highlighting that conversation by taking all color and gender out of this through the androgyny of the environment and through the androgyny of the characters within it apart from the conversation there which will highlight like it's it was so good (laughs) it was so good
1: you're so smart you know what i mean yeah because
0: because if you're you're breaking (laughs) it down into a dichot like to, to highlight certain things it has to be boom this boom that like it's so well done.
1: Yeah. Ah. It was oh. so great.
0: I had never seen this. So my boyfriend has been. Oh, you been, had it? No. Oh, okay. It was a movie that my boyfriend and I, like, he saw it. He loved it. And he was like, I really want you to watch this at some point. I feel like you would like this movie. And I was like, yeah, you know, because he knows I like horror movies. He knows I like.
1: Oh, whatever. you do? I
0: do not. I do. I like scary <laughs> movies. So as a kid, I hated them. And I would watch some of them reluctantly. But now, now that they don't really scare me in a certain way. And sometimes, like, they will fuck me up. um, Certain ones. Um, I really like the genre. Horror school. I'm not like an aficionado by any means, but I do like horror movies. And so he knew that. And then I wanted to watch this. And then I'm so happy that like when we chose this, I was like, yes, I get to finally watch this movie.
1: <laughs> well, and this is so cool to choose this too, mm-hmm. because it's like this movie was made in 2008. Mm-hmm. And the American version was made in 2010.
0: Yeah. And the, so this is a first for the podcast too, just to, it's it is literally a retelling of the story but not in a way that's like you remember this movie from 20 years ago it's like no no no, we loved it we're doing it now let's go we're gonna do it one for western audiences let's see how that goes and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: we got the next one
1: which is stupid
0: which is silly Ugh, i
1: hate this even hate and this just so we're
0: obviously gonna go right into it right now but just oh my god Ugh why Uh no yeah <laughs> in 1980s new mexico we find a young boy named owen a victim of bullying who is fascinated with voyeurism in the middle of the night abby moves into the neighboring apartment with her presumed father murder daddy who subsequently targets young men to capture and drain their blood for abby who is surprise a vampire owen and abby become friends and upon abby's insistence owen stands up to the bully and basically chops his ear in half
1: On that same day, the neighborhood skepticism for the missing persons and the covert life of Abby and her dad come to an impasse when a body is discovered during a class field trip. In a desperate attempt to gather more blood, Murder Dad gets caught by the authorities, but not before pouring acid on his own face. Abby visits him in the hospital, and in a last effort to feed daddy gives abby his neck and is plunged to his death as authority suspicion gets closer to incriminating abby and her belated daddy a police officer visits their home and gets eaten abby decides to leave and owen is left alone to face the school bully's big brother psych she comes back and saves him by murdering a bunch of kids cool and this time all the kids (laughs) um they run away together and live happily ever after
0: after, <laughs> after, oh, well, let's try it again. They live, live happily, happily ever, ever after? after. Big old question mark. This is okay.
1: So it's usually like you know these are very similar when we read them, and this mm-hmm. was the exact same one.
0: Um, I would like to start with the location. <laughs> so we made the Amer- they made the American version. We didn't do this. We have nothing to do with this. Please do not put our names attached to this film because it's a mess. Um. <laughs> They changed the location to Los Alamos, New Mexico, which if you know about Los Alamos, it is where they developed the atom bomb and they had to hide this city. It was like they, they chose the location. The government chose the location because it's inconspicuous. It's a no place city. Nothing matters there. Nobody's there. Whatever. Right. And the idea of it is so cool. I, they're the peel box thing 1336 or whatever, like all that <laughs> the whole thing, but nowhere in this movie does anything. Relating to that, come into play. Which I was like, fuck yeah, they're setting it up in Los Alamos. They're gonna tie it to this being a town that is isolated because. Maybe they're changing the timeline when the atom bomb was created, and they're making this vampire story happen during the time of the creation of the atom bomb, and this is gonna be insane. Let's go. Here it comes. And it never happened.
1: You were giving them way too much credit. I
0: what well, I was so (laughs) excited because I was like, yeah, like make a sci-fi story about like a destruction. Like, especially if we're looking at violence being a huge theme in the first one, predatory behavior, Uh, and like the idea of violence begetting violence. I'm like, oh, you're setting the remake? In Los Alamos, gorgeous. So smart. I can't wait. And then it literally never comes up. Apart from the hospital <laughs> door that says Los Alamos.
1: Pretty much. That's it.
0: Yeah. Nothing else comes of it. And I'm like, oh, you guys had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> like, I oh. mean, they didn't
1: because like, this is basically like, I made a list of things that are different. Uh, <laughs> but it's just in English. Mm-hmm. And it's way faster paced. So you don't get like that connection to the characters that you do in the first and the original one. You also like because it's faster paced, like they took all that because it's almost the same length, I think, of time. Yeah but like instead of spending more time on the characters and letting like their words hang and like mean something they took all of that time like you know so the dialogue is just bam 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 and you're like what the fuck right let me friends
0: no i don't know and whatever uh. <laughs>
1: yeah whatever <laughs> i hate you mom right
0: yeah, oh my and god
1: they took all of that time which is a lot of fucking time right and they put it into like extending all of the gore this yeah. is much more of a like american horror film and it was Uh, it was it was not good
0: so if this movie were to be a google search like if you were to google search this movie keywords that would be missing from the search itself would be mood and nuance because this had neither (laughs) like it took all of the 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 creative force of like internalized anguish and and feelings and like the palpable messiness of like hunger and and anger and all of that and they were just like "Mm, we don't need it the words will speak for themselves and you're like this is trash
1: the violence is just violence without conviction right it's just kind of like cool here it is we're gonna rip some shit up yeah they decided to insert a lot of religious shit for some reason and then they, (laughs) they also inserted like a police investigator who's on the trail of abby and her her murder dad right yeah. because he's investigating these murders but like asking if it's a cult and so they're trying to tie that in there and Oh, and it starts at the hospital. It starts at the point where like murder dad falls to his death because that's how you capture American audiences. Right. Because we don't like slow things. We don't.
0: Yeah. Get to the point. How dare you waste my time again? Like you were saying, the religious connotation of them praying before every meal. And then when he calls it or his dad calls on the phone, he's like, is your mother putting all those religious stupid shit in your head? Blah, blah, blah. Like as if that is deep. Or interesting. And then
1: he tries to be like, uh, he doesn't want to talk to the kid about how he's feeling. He just says like, hey, your mom's fucked up. Like, you know, I don't want to hear about it. Sorry, I'm not around, kid. And this is like uh, kind of like the theme of Owen's heroes, right? So he obviously idolizes his daddy Mm because he doesn't go wake up his mom when he's scared shitless, right? About Mm -hmm. what's happening. Like he's trying to confide in somebody. And so the person he's trying to confide in is his dad. And his dad is like your mom's nuts and she's a religious coot, blah, 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 yeah. blah. But yeah, then yeah. like the other person that we see him talk fondly of in the story, which is the only other person is just, like, this really small aside of this person, Tommy, who's, like, an older high school kid that drank and smoked in that little underground area. Mm-hmm. And he would hang out with Owen when there was nobody else around and, like, play ping pong and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's cool. He, like, got sent away or whatever. But, like, he was cool because he was nice, you know. <laughs> so, like, he's really just craving attention. And that's why he is so voyeuristic. Is that a word? Voyeuristic? in yeah. yeah. the way... Uh, of how he perceives the world is because it feels like he's trying to find out where he fits in the world and how to experience the world. Cause he doesn't really have that. Right. Yeah. But he does it in such a fucking creepy, gross pervert way. So like, Oscar from the first one was a murder boy, right? He had his murder Bible where he would take the clippings of, you know, and then it's perfect. Okay, great. He's going to go murder for Ellie and that's fine. In this one, he's just a fucking pervy boy. Also, everybody that he like, because he's always like watching people from behind a door, from behind this or from his telescope and stuff like that. And every fucking person that he observes in this film dies. Every fucking person, the bullies, the boob women, the who I want I want to talk about. That's a whole Because that's a whole thing. But like so this was their choice. Their choice instead of making him obsessed with murder. Because like so many of these things that they changed, it was like, this is what American audiences will relate to. And then it's like, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna relate to looking at people non consensually and spying on people and like this is very very gross and kind of framing it in the way that like it's to be celebrated or it's like it's just it's what boys do so
0: if we're looking right? at specifically that scene when he's like pretending to be a murderer with a mask in his room for no reason because we're getting zero context about bullying at the point of introduction for this character which was the fact that they edited that before the bullying it's like no incorrect that's no that's the wrong way to tell this story but in that same scene he is scoping out the neighbors who are fighting and then immediately having sex, yeah. Um, which was so, also, like, the violence and sex thing. But also, when he's spying and, like... She shows her boob, like the whole thing. She sees that he's looking and like kind of like acknowledges yeah. it. And then he like ducks down like, Oh no. And then the next day, she kind of gives him like a wink wink nudge nudge. You saw us. So not only are you sexualizing a child, but you're also in, in some capacity by being like, Hey, hey, you saw my boob or whatever. Like whatever the look like was. Like she
1: wants this. Like, like women. Okay. So, um, there is so much here. Women are, women in this film are around only to be sexualized or to be pitied. Or sometimes both. Yeah, so, yeah. like, so, yeah, we see her, like, you know, and she's, like, angry and whatever. And then she, like, gets frustrated and leaves and then comes back. And then he's, it's okay, baby. It's fine. And then, he, like, suddenly they're, like, boning down or about to bone down and the boob falls out, right? And it's, like, okay. And, like you said, like, she, she sees him and she's, like... Oh, like women want to be watched. Women want you to look at them and want them, right? It's, and that was super, super gross. It was crazy and gross. Then, like and then there's another part which is a throwaway part. I think it's like the introduction to the bully where like they're in the pool, right? And he tries to undo one of the girls' tops. Oh, in the there. bully does. Yeah. And she's just like, No, gross. And then the teacher that's there is like, Don't do that. And then the fucking bully like is just like <gasps> right that kid would have been sent to the fucking principal for one trying to do that it's sexual harassment and also yeah sexual harassment and also you do not fucking scream at teachers like that you're trying to make this more believable and this is like this is you know how like whenever they make video games or try to do like fantasy and stuff and it's like the women can't be any anything more than just sexual objects and things like that because it's not believable Yeah. because it's not believable though like that's what this felt like and I was like this is fucking gross and then like even with Ellie too or with the Ellie equivalent Abby Abby, there's no fucking reason first of all to change the names (laughs) right but then they because it's America in 2010 which is so fucking sad they have to go out of their way to make it so that abby is 100 a girl so there is none of that right 100 a girl and he sneaks a peek on her and he has this really gross sheepish smile on his face and i just wanted to smack that off of his face
0: so in the moment in the other one the nuance of it and then having the scene showing like a, a castrated body like showing that provides the context for the idea and the conversation about gender in such a specific way with such intent. Again, they replicate the scene because again, they're doing (laughs) scene for scene, almost exact. They take away the where like we see and so then it's a conversation about gender and now it's just a conversation about him being a creep. Because there's nothing else to that apart from him going in there to try to sneak a peek at a naked girl. Well, and
1: so then here's the other thing, too, is one of the deleted scenes was about her being turned and she was a girl when she was younger. So they completely got rid of... They completely erased what the first film was trying to say about gender and androgyny and all of that. Yeah, And so that was another fucking deliberate choice, which is
0: bad. Because they left in the lines, I'm not a girl. And... I can't be your girlfriend. <laughs> like they left in these lines that were so intentional with the conversation about gender in the first one to now it's just the surface level what we were expecting from the first one, but it dived into like, I'm not a girl because I'm a vampire.
1: Yeah. And Which she's- is like,
0: okay, fine. But like, I don't know. Like, she's fuck also you. more
1: monstrous too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, that's another thing about the women in this. Like, so normally, like, I break my notes down into like, okay, cool. Here's character. Here's character. Here is like this theme and we'll put some stuff in there. Abby was originally her own. And then as I was going through this, I'm like, no, she's a sub note on a section that's called the treatment of women in this because she really like, she is just there to be monstrous and she's mm-hmm. just there to empower the man in this film in a way that that wasn't their purpose in the original film. Yeah. And so I just found that super, super gross. And it felt like, it felt like and I a lot of this too I think is because uh, the dialogue was just so rushed too like like <laughs> she they went out of their way to show that she likes puzzles right because women like playing games, right and then though the way that she manipulates him is much more like predatory like she's intentional in that she's befriending him and she like blocks his path she's like, you're not gonna go and then she like the same line that she delivers where it's like we can't be friends feels more like we can't be just friends. To me, the way that I was reading a lot of this because of like then like you take into they they decided to go around the the pedophile route too with the with that scene in the kitchen?
0: Right? Yeah. So the, there's a scene in the kitchen when so later we find out that like yes, they were loving. It, it is fact. It's canon. It's very clear. It's super, super hand fisted. In this kitchen they're standing there he looks at her um the caretaker who is like 65 she is like 15 she puts her hand on his cheek and he gives like a soft like nuzzle like it's it's this very not platonic sort of romantic touching of the face like implying that yes they are lovers yes so we're getting a very clear depiction of What the story was talking about when it was talking about, like, he's aging and she's not. So what looks like in this case, a pedophilic relationship. However, they go into no detail to discuss it. They go into no conversation about it, about its badness, about what it means, about all of that stuff. They just do that surface level and be like, well, they're in love. And you're like, no. That's not the take here. That's no. not the that's not well, what we're and, talking what? And their no. way of
1: showing that love was gross first of all. And then like he's just really like jealous. He's like don't see that boy. It's it's like dude, it, like so, that was fucking gross. So and then he's like oh. maybe I'm getting sloppy because I want to get caught because he's like Because he's, like, trying to punish her and because that's also her form of sustenance, too, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, that's him holding that over her head in this weird-ass controlling relationship. Instead of candy, he's holding blood over her fucking head.
0: Which, at the end of the day, is implying the idea that, quote-unquote, love is blind, right? Because this is sort of the end of this relationship, but they've existed in this relationship in its form for however long that that man is old, right? Yeah. So... They've made it work. Love is blind. Love knows no age. No, y'all. This is a 70 year old man and a fucking 14 year old girl. <laughs> like, I don't if care that's... if she's
1: really 300. Exactly. Like, her, the, but if that's the, th-
0: the hill you're dying on, no, this is a, no, no, no. That is not the take.
1: That's well, not because the take. <laughs> like, when, when, just like in the last one, you, when you take the vampire and yeah. you see, what they are and where they are maturity wise and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. They did not like any any person that's 300 right would be wiser. I'm I get wiser all the time. I'm in my 30s now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it gotta be bold. You but gotta be I wiser. But if I was still like
1: in the crazy hormonal chaos that yeah. is my preteens or my early teens, there's no telling like how you would react and what you would learn and what you wouldn't learn and the way that they're trying to like portray this character is, even though they're 300, they haven't learned anything and that's why they still need another person because they are still dependent on connection to somebody else and they don't know how to be independent emotionally or physically or any of that.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: And so... That's what makes this truly disgusting, you know. Is that?
0: <laughs> well, it's it's like if you're gonna, everything like, about
1: it is gross. But that is even more gross. But it's this person super knowing bad. This is perfect. They're the perfect person because they are going to stay this beautiful age forever. Fuck
0: that. Because that's the implication. That's the implication of it, right? Yeah. And then next to that, though, if you're gonna open that book to have that conversation. You better have that conversation. And this movie didn't. Also, this movie took the side of pedophilia being fine.
1: Nobody else is in Abby's corner. Who is she going to go to if she is being hurt or abused mm, or anything? Yeah. What's she going to do? Go to the police? What's going to happen? Is she going to like leave and then he's going to like tell all of these things? Her choices are to destroy him, to like kill him, or to put up with it. Yeah. And how long has she done that for fucking like 60 years, 70 years or however the fuck old he is. Yeah. Like that is just so gross. Yeah. Everything about that I was not on board for. I couldn't. I I could. I could not.
0: Because like if you would have taken out that one scene where they had the caressing embrace changes.
1: Just showed the picture. Showed the picture. Show the picture. That would have been fine.
0: Show the picture. That would have been fine because you are implying like, yes, they were young at the same age at one point. Like, look, this is a picture from what? The 30s. Great. She looks the same. He looks young. Where We know that this is a relationship, but showing that moment of affection is, like, A, so unnecessary, but B, it's just, you're choosing to make the story about that, and you're fucking saying, great, cool, great, we endorse. No. Like, and- No.
1: All these choices that they made were for American audiences, right? Why is this what American audiences needed to see? Is it because of shock value? Is it because it's like, oh, shit, oh, my God, like, like-
0: It's- <sighs> I hate it. Because, again, it lacks all nuance. Whereas the other one, even though there was some subtextual implication of that relationship that is never discussed or shown because the director knew. I don't want to even open the door to that conversation from the book because of what it implies and also the visual aspect of showing that kind of story. We don't need to do it. Whereas this one was just like, fuck it. It's in the book. Let's just go for it. It's like, no, you can. Yeah, you can make the choice not to. And again, take out that one moment and you're implying that in all of its glory, but you're not creating this world where it's okay. And it's just like, go the fuck. Home.
1: well and that's again that's another way that they just didn't land whatever the, land I don't know what anything. they were trying to do they didn't land it and a lot of it was because it was so hand-fisted because they were so overt in the dialogue yeah instead of like letting there be some sort of inference as to how the characters are feeling or let the actors act and they also just the way that things happened too like they were just so extra it felt like the relationship between owen and abby was secondary to everything else like and it felt like it didn't know what the main point was supposed to be of this film it was just like ooh, that was a dark ass film let's fucking make this Mm -hmm. you know and it was gross it was
0: bad and one thing that i want to point out if there's any implication of what this movie was gonna be was like the shred of implication for what the movie was going to be at the beginning. He's eating the now and laters on the bench and he just tosses all of his wrappers on the ground and covers them with snow, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, Oh, okay. So I don't know what the implication of littering has to do with. If it's a conversation of uh, like a really broad swing at classism or an extremely broad swing at like, people who like I don't know what it was but it was so like seeing the first one and then this exactly next to it the intent of littering like what does that mean for an American audience are you trying to say something about the class system are you trying to say something about poor people are you trying to say something about entitlement about privilege what like so you're trying to make this big statement with this movie and like trying to be like look what we're like for an American audience it's like you missed every fucking point because I got nothing and then the moments you landed on Oh, pedophilia. Sick.
1: (laughs) For me, I thought that that was because he was trying to hide the fact that he bought those from his mom because he bought them with With her her money money because he fucking steals from her because- We needed to see that, you know, like, and also, okay, let's, let's talk about his fucking mom for a minute, who obviously, like, her husband is, like, still, like, just being super, like, emotionally abusive and threatening and all of that, right? She is drunk all the time because that's how she copes. She copes with booze and Jesus, and she is, like, unable to take care of herself. And trying to do the best she can for her son. And so he's just going to steal money from her. Like, mm-hmm. cool. That's great. Right? Love. So, like, she's another person that is taken advantage of during all of this. Just like all of the women in this are, even Abby, are just so submissive. Yeah. And, like, they are not the focal point. Even though there's there's more women in this movie, they are just there for the male gaze or to be shown as being submissive.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's or it.
1: Pitied, right? Or pitied, right? pitied. Yep. Oh, also, I want to talk about, speaking of uh, the treatment of women, and this was also a really weird choice for them to do. They decided that they were going to, when the boy is in front of the, the mirror, right, that he was going to say little girl instead of piggy. He's like, come here, little girl, come here. And this is before we even see the bully or we see anything. And I'm like, cool, that was a choice you made because this movie hates women. So,
0: right? And then, Mm -hmm. like, later
1: on, Mm -hmm. we like, that's what the bully says. Okay, that's the same from the very beginning. But then I got like, and tell me if I'm off base, but like, I felt like he was maybe queer and trying to hide that because, like, there's another point where they're like, why are you taking that class? That class is gay. And I was like, oh, Cool, 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 cool. So you are doing this and you are just angry about yourself. And that's what your brother calls you and stuff like that. So you're trying to hide all of these emotions and all these things that you feel because I felt like... This movie
0: was just glee is what it was. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Really, when we boil it down, it was just the show glee. (laughs) No, but you're actually... You're so right on there because you're also seeing... In that scene, um, the older brother who's bullying this the younger brother, right, who's calling him a sissy, who's calling him a girl, who's calling him a little girl. And he says, being like, she her
1: pronouns she, with Yeah, it.
0: with him. So it's, it's a way to do that. And so when the younger brother is now bullying Owen, he's using those same things. And so when we get a moment like, oh, that class is gay or whatever, you're starting to see maybe this kid's internalizing that idea, not only in a way that's cyclical in its violence, but... Maybe he is so afraid because he does feel different than these other boys. He does feel different. Yeah. He feels othered in a sort of bi-gendered heteronormative structure, right? Mm -hmm. So who knows? If they wanted to explore that avenue, they should have been a little bit better about it. Like, if that was going to be a big topic of conversation about violence and bullying, let's have the conversation. Don't just, like... Don't just throw it in there as, like...
1: A token storyline. Look, we talked about it. Yeah. That's not the way to talk about queerness, and that's not the way to talk about pedophilia. No.
0: By any, like, they missed it on every account. And then they just chose to exclude the entire conversation about gender. At large, they just took the entire bit of that out. And, like, why? Like, they made the wrong choice at every turn in this way.
1: Yeah. And then, like, going on that conversation with gender, like, they made their main character homophobic. Where he was just like in that whole scene where the not a girl thing came up, like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not a girl? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, he was way more aggressive
0: yes, about it. Was. And he
1: was just so gross. Whereas the other one, there was no hesitation. It's like, okay, whatever. And this one, he's like, what, what do you mean? Mom! Like, <laughs> this, essentially, yeah. This yeah. boy was a little fucking incel and I hate mm-hmm.
0: it. So it was, bad. it was, t- yeah. And so that's, It's just so bizarre to me that those were the choices made. You know what I mean? Like, why?
1: Yeah. And then he, like, he gets everything that he wants, too. It's like, can we go study? No. Like, well, okay, fine. Well, whatever. And then she's like, well, what's going to change if we go study? Nothing. Okay, I guess we can go study. Okay, cool. Right? And, like, it's just this is a movie about the boy getting what he wants and not having to do any of the work that's needed to get it yep but like then it's also played a little bit more into like her manipulating him too so like they deserve each other because he he's a gross boy <laughs> and she's manipulative
0: yeah oh my god i would be way like not to say that i would be less critical but like i feel like i would be less critical if i hadn't if i didn't know that the other one existed and i just saw this one i feel like i would be like oh okay like fucked for some reasons but like okay, fine. But to know what the story was as told through the first one, I'm like, oh, this shit sucks. Like this story is great. And you guys fucking ruined it. Like, are you kidding me? You ruined the entirety of it. Like what? No. (laughs) I know. We're just getting more and more mad. It just, it just, it made, it made no sense. Like (laughs) the CG violence also like to add insult to injury as far as like visually, Whenever she's attacking, it's like a computer-generated image of her. her Like whole image changes. Yeah, she
1: has these weird contacts and everything. She's more monstrous. They make her more monstrous, and they
0: they like deepen her voice. They give her a demon voice with all this stuff, which is like, God, stop. Femininity
1: is to be feared.
0: Yeah, but even you know what I'm going to even say, I'm not even going to give these guys credit for that. Like, whoever made this movie, I'm not even going to give them credit. Like, I'm assuming subconsciously that, yes, because we live in a patriarchal system, they believe that because of all these other stories that tell that exact same trope. The idea that femininity is something to be feared and that women are to be feared. Not even... Getting started on the idea that the bullying tactics is using she pronouns. So living in a misogynist society where, yeah, women are trash and women are the worst and women are to be lowered and to be feared and femininity is to be feared. And the idea of being like we talked about in the other one, a male presenting person who is feminine or a female person who is masculine and breaking that gender binary. That's all to be feared. Right. Within the same turn. So subconsciously, if that all exists, I don't think that this was a conscious choice. In that, I do, I don't even want to give them credit for it. I think it's just something that was ingrained in them. It wasn't artistic choice to open a conversation. It was a fact of real life that they just threw into the story to not comment on it or to not elicit a conversation about it. Like the other film elicited so many conversations and opened the door to so many moments to talk about what it means for this and what it means for that. This one. And
1: it gave you space to think about that and unravel that as you were going through the story. So they said the one thing and then there was like a big pause where you were able to like sit and digest and think and be like, oh, yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and like sort out your own feelings. So like, you know, in 2008, that came out, right? So you were able to challenge your own feelings on gender and the gender construct and everything, right? And this one was just like, fucking nope. (laughs) like we are going out of our way to make sure you know that she is a girl and women are bad and it is bad to be referred to to as feminine and cool
0: yeah oh oh here's one cool thing that i thought was great some of the cinematography was sick some of the tone of the like visuals were good i think they got right to some degree so like the way that the caretaker Gets victims. He breaks into their car, sneaks in, hangs out in the back seat, and then drugs them. Those scenes were so cool. they were they were scary yeah. and like oh shit, this is wild. And then when they're at the gas station, so when he he targets that victim, then he's pulling out of the parking lot, and his friend's like, hey, can you give me a ride? And the tension of like him throwing his bag in the back, landing on the feet. They get to the gas station to fill up, and he's like, fuck this, and going according to, go to the plan. The intended victim goes inside and the friend stays in the car. He's going to light up a cigarette in the car, goes to look for his lighter in the back seat, notices the shoes. Then he turns and looks at the guy's face and that's when there's like a struggle. We're getting the shot inside where the car is like rocking back and forth, like they're whatever. This whole scene, I was like, wow, this is like cool. Whoa, this is intense and I'm, I'm interested. And then when he finally does drug the kid in the car and then he gets in the driver's seat, starts the car, drives off. In reverse, the whole so it's like a one one shot of him pulling out. The kids running towards the car. Him backing into traffic. Had he drives into the wrong lane, going the wrong way. There's a car coming this way, and then a collision from behind. You see the car get hit, and then the car rolls down a hill. But it's all the same shot from the camera that's inside the car as the car's like yeah. rotating down. I was like, that was great. That was sick. <laughs> we yeah. love this. Like, cool. how can you fuck
1: everything else? That's I so know hard. this
0: was like a great moment, a great sequence. It was surprisingly well paced for a movie that really doesn't handle pacing. Well, you guys sure got this, right? Like I love this, you know? And then immediately following that is when he sees the kids running towards the car, the caretaker, and then feels like so out of place. He's just like, let me get my acid and pour acid on my face. <laughs> it just felt so misplaced. Cause like in the first one, he has a kid tied up in that room and then the kids come in, he's locked, he's trapped. There's no way out. It gives the character room to breathe to come to terms with his decision, right? Yeah. I am caught. I am going to go to jail. I need to make sure that Ellie is not discovered because they know where I live now. These people know me. They know my face. They know I moved into their friend's apartment. What am I going to do? And we're getting all this. This is all inferred in the moment where the movie lets the character breathe, right? The doors are locked. The kids are going to get in eventually. But... The kid's strung up. He's calling for help. He is caught. He's done. He takes the bottle that he brought into the other room and in a beautifully lit like tile room, it's almost like a shower. He sits in the corner, goes to the ground. The lights perfectly on his face. This is like a minute sequence or whatever. Yeah. And then he pours the acid on his face and it cuts. Right. So it's a decision. It's intentional. He had to think about it. He had to think about the consequence. He had to think about what it means because it's going to be fucking painful. His life is over. This one was like,
1: oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah,
0: he's coming to terms with all of these things. And then in this one, it's like the car accident. He's like, well, I can't get out. Where's my acid? And you're yeah. like, what? You're supposed to imply that like he can't be discovered. At what point did we have that conversation in this story? And the other story, they knew where he lived because they saw him and they're at the pub, the whole pub scene. Where's the pub scene here? It's yeah. not there. So why are we now inferring that he can't be seen even though he hasn't really been seen yet? Like, it does not work.
1: They tried to do a lot and say a lot without doing the work to get there.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: I, this, exactly, this, exactly that. Just the whole thing was like it felt like just about like a kid that was like, "Yeah, I hate you, mom. Um, I don't need you or this town. Yeah. I'm gonna get out of here. Yeah. I'm a pop punker." I
0: know. <laughs> he is now in the band Man Overboard. Um, <laughs> no, that's a that's a joke. I don't know that. I don't even listen to that band. Hey guys, if you listen, to, if you're in that band. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. Oh, and then another scene that I thought they handled well uh, was the, the pool scene. The same scene that I was super impressed oh, by in the yeah. first one. In this one, it was just as fucked. It was just as impressive in the way that it was It was done. I was like, yeah, cool. That's exactly what that scene should have been. That's exactly mm-hmm. this. Obviously, it has a different feeling because the setup to that was f- so f- fucking different. Well and right.
1: the the girl doesn't leave. In, in the original they leave one person alive. So there's one kid that's there that's just like what the fuck just happened that's kind of crying he, and he was the one that was uh, the most con- convicted uh-huh. whenever like the violence is happening and stuff like that. But in this one they're all fucking dead. <laughs> um, also there's a gross trend that I hate and that I don't know why they keep putting it in films, especially in the 80s, where uh, they're going to do the blood brother thing. Oh. Where they cut themselves <laughs> and they, like, you know, mix blood or whatever. Like, I could see that being in, like, you know, 50s or whatever. Like, I know that was a thing back then. But, like, in the 80s and, like, during, like, the AIDS, AIDS epidemic, epidemic and stuff like that and how prevalent that was, like, oh. it... Is so weird that they put that in there in both versions. And I don't think that they really thought about that. It was just like, oh, cool, blood, like, yeah, because then that's going to make her go crazy. Because that whole thing, to me, in both versions, it feels very, like, weird and out of place. And it is literally just so that she has to reveal to Oscar or to... Owen, whichever version that she is this monster or she is this vampire, they are this vampire. That was the whole intent behind that, but they could have done it other ways. Like in the middle of the AIDS epidemic, this is not what you're gonna do.
0: You're right, that is a trend. Like look at uh, it that was they, that also, yeah, they, in they, the they, 80s, uh, I believe so, yeah, yeah, they do. And that movie had to do with homosexual themes, also, yes, it did so. Could we argue that essentially because it is at that time or at least a few years into the epidemic, they discovered that it could be transmitted through blood? Is this a way of saying, I trust you enough? Like, we're not gay. Like, that I trust you enough to, like, swap blood because I know that you're you're like me sort of a thing. Like, we're safe. Damn. We're safe and we have a yeah. pact now because we're using something that we know is not tainted. We're using something that we know is our own. And we're being true and honest and we're not like, we're not like them. We're not the other. We are the ones, right? Could that be our, I mean, I don't know. This is all like off the top of my head, but is there some... I I wonder, because you're so right, that is a a trend specifically for, like, that time. I wonder if if that has something to do with it, because...
1: Well, even if, like, you you go into, like, the 90s and stuff like that, like, that's always kind of, like, the ultimate thing and, like, a... The
0: ultimate bro thing. The ultimate bro thing is to, like,
1: do the Blood Brothers thing, right? And then if you're a girl and you get on it, then that means that you're one of the guys or you're accepted, Because you you did something
0: that was masculine.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, like... To me, it's just weird that that's a thing because I never fucking did that. No. It. Like, first of all, I don't want to cut myself.
0: No. Like if For the sake of like camaraderie or brotherhood or like, I don't know. what. I also like,
1: certainly wouldn't do that with somebody that I'm romantically interested in. Like if I went up to Dave and was like, boom, like, and not even like, uh, it's not even like a conversation about it, right? They're just like, boom, hey, look, I'm giving this to you it's implied that it's just going to be reciprocated.
0: <laughs> Male vulnerability is only achieved through violence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that emblematic? <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> but you're right. Like, Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Like, You're so right, though. Like, if He just cuts his hand and just goes and be like, hey, look what I did. And f- both of us Look what I did for you. Look at me being vulnerable for you. I yeah. want this. You want this too. And, and it's like, means shut up.
1: More because at both of the points in the film, mm-hmm. you assume that the vampire is female, right? Yes. Because again, like you see that so much with like dudes in like the Ultimate Bro thing, but like because it's a girl or a woman that you're doing this with, it's like extra, yeah. you know? Or also because if you look at it, uh, look at both Oscar and Owen, they never really had any male friends, any male counterparts, and anybody that they did was direct representation of toxic masculinity in one mm. way or another.
0: <sighs> um,
1: but like everything that, like a lot of what we said in the first one too still also stands for this one in yeah. in terms of like femininity mm-hmm. and how it's treated and, and things like that. I think um, those really stand up. I don't know. If you've seen both of them, you know what we're talking about.
0: Yeah. I just, watching the first one was such a delight and a treat. Watching the second one was such a chore, but it reestablished why the first one was so good. Yeah. And it reintroduced the idea or or the ideas that were posited in the first one, the the questions they asked. It reestablished that all of that was intentional and all of that was a choice because this one made none of the same ones and and, and in, in some cases chose not to choose they chose not to yeah. to, to make a to make a choice or to, to start a conversation about it so this one just made the other one shine even brighter because of how poorly handled the subject matter was whereas the subject matter of the original was so well thought well handled uh well executed you know yeah
1: and i i think that's also why the director of the first one um alfredson uh, was approached about making the American version of the film. And he was like super like against it. He was like, no, they should just read subtitles. Yes, like, you know. This film exists.
0: Uh, Why do we need to redo it just for the language? Yeah.
1: And he was like, and I quote, can you not just get everyone to see this one? It's a perfectly good film, you know. And he's so right. He is There's so right. no reason that this had to be remade. And this is like the budget version of it too. Like it <sighs> felt so diluted, it felt like it.
0: It wasn't a good movie. I if you,
1: uh listeners, if you watched this and you liked it, because I know there's several people that I've talked to that watched this first and really liked it, and like recently because like, we told them we were doing this, went back and watched the original. We're like, oh fuck that, yeah. Like, like do yourself a favor and watch the original because all of the things that it's talking about, like we were saying with like gender and everything, were really so good and well so important. Yeah. And this movie is a disservice to everybody.
0: Yeah, truly. This is the end of the podcast where we <laughs> talk about what we thought of the films. All right, Eric. What did <laughs> you
1: think of the first one? I love
0: it's it's a good movie. It's a good movie.
1: I love it so it's much. It's really good. It's so good. Like it's perfect,
0: it, the tone was sick. It was cool and scary, but not like, not. Ah, it just it had it. It had the right vibe. It had the right tone. The visuals were great. The cinema was great. The stories were great. The thoughts were great. The, it was just, it was good. It was really. It was a really well done film. I'm so impressed, and I'm so thankful for my boyfriend for being like, I think you'd like this, and I'm like, you know what? I love this. Thank you.
1: I'm also thankful. What for a your treat. Boyfriend. I know. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agree with all mm-hmm. of that. I. Loved it the first time I saw it. I loved it the second time. I will love it. I can't imagine me not liking this movie. Mm -hmm. And Creating with Intent is so fucking cool. Yes. And the stereotypes that were there, like in the way that they chose to break those and follow them and the space and what it was saying about gender and just fucking everything was so good. Everybody needs to fucking watch this movie.
0: Yeah, truly. Well, who is this first one for?
1: This is for... This is for people that need to get more comfortable with breaking the gender binary mm-hmm. and understand how to just say, like, it's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like what it chose to break down was the most fucking radical thing. And I just love this so much. And I want everybody to watch it.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie. I love when we get to watch good movies. <laughs> yeah. I love when we watch something that's great. What but, a little treat this was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what about the remake? Was it new, interesting, or the same, progressive, regressive? And how had the story evolved with the two years difference? Okay,
0: so (laughs) I love that for this one, we're just looking at the unnecessary remake of this. Like, it did not have to happen. We didn't need it. It was... Two years after the original, just for American audiences. And like the director of that first one said, can't they just read subtitles? Like, this is already a great movie. Why are you having to do this? It's true. It was so unnecessary. We didn't need it. I think it was regressive. I think it was less interesting. I think it was an oversimplification of a lot of intense and very nuanced discussions about cyclical violence, about gender. It miss. It just, it was bad. It was bad. I good. think
1: it was 1,000% all of those, but I think it was a slap in the face to Americans. Yeah. Because, I mean, sure, people went and saw it and liked it and stuff like that. But people would absolutely, like, everybody I know that has seen, like, the original, Fucking loves it. It's now like, and, damn, that's the one. And they see this, and they're like, oh, God, what was that? What was like, yeah. You know, because we are smarter than... We're we're better than this. Yeah.
0: Give us credit, y'all. Yeah, we're better
1: than this. Like this did not need to be this gross.
0: No, it didn't. I want to be like, it could have been better, but I'm also like, it was better. The original. That's the one that like this didn't it didn't need to be made.
1: Did you like the Romeo and Juliet callbacks for us? (laughs) Like there was like the scene of like Here comes the boob, here it comes Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh my god, they're watching the exact same fucking Romeo and Juliet that we watched in class
1: we were meant to do this we were meant, we were to, meant, do meant to do this this is it
0: yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> my god legit though oh, man. yeah it but, had this movie had the but same they were like
1: trying to like insert that and like some like oh well like so the religion thing never paid off in this fucking movie right and then like the but
0: you know what this was so in the way that they were trying to set up love is blind wrote this like the pedophilic romance yeah they're trying to say that like we can never like actually be together we can never because we're from different worlds so it's never going to work so they're reiterating and reinstilling this idea that their love is forbidden they're affirming pedophilic behavior they're affirming pedophiles cool (sighs) Really, what? What other? What other? Oh my god, this is so, that sucks. What other? No. What other reason? What other justification for that being the movie that the kids are watching in class? Apart from the fact that Owens saw the lady's boob in the first scene. Oh my god, it was just and, like
1: Juliet, and there's
0: boobs in this movie, like, and then they included the scene of love and forbidden and it can't happen it's that's what they're doing that's why that movie's there that's why the scene of the hand caressing in the in the kitchen was there that's why in the last scene there was the photo strip of them as uh, as young people in the 30s to show yes we have been together and we have our couple like that's why it's also, all there she doesn't
1: care about him the caretaker in both films he dies unceremoniously and yep. she never thinks about him she never sheds a tear she never brings him up he's dead and he's fucking gone so, like, uh, yeah, sorry. I just, like,
0: uh,
1: there's, there's still so much to talk about with these movies. And I'm just,
0: there's, yeah. Ooh, okay. Who was this for? <laughs> um, I don't know. This is for this JJ
1: for? Abrams. This is his, his friend was like, Hey, look, remember this movie? This movie that just came out. I'm going to do it and I'm going to put some lens flare in it for you. And it's going to be so cute. And look at, here's all the
0: things. Yeah. This is, here's a boob. Yeah. He read, he didn't read the book. He read Spark Notes uh, of the book that the director like spent years studying.
1: Pedophile, yeah.
0: <laughs> Got it. Uh, <laughs> oh, he's a pedophile. Oh, that's just going to be the A plot. We're just going to go for that. <laughs> like, toss that on the front end. That'll be the overarching thing. There's, oh, he's bullied. There's no co- Oh, okay, you know Kids are bullied. It's there. great.
1: Let's just make her a girl because we You know, don't, we're not going to talk about that. You know, no, thank you. You know, that's too hard and complex to go yeah. into.
0: Because. J- <laughs> Oh my god, I can't. Who do you think this is for? I don't. You're correct. It's just people who don't. People who don't want to talk about gender as a construct. People who don't want to talk about queer people. People who don't want to talk about consent. People who want to talk about. um,
1: We didn't even get into consent. Into consent. That's a whole right.
0: That's a whole other thing. Like people who don't want to talk about all of that because they're like, well, that's not my existence. Like, well, Queen, you don't. You're not the one who the world revolves around. You asshole. Like you probably also think yours is flat. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like yeah, you (laughs) jerk. Um.
1: We're so aggro right now. It's just so silly.
0: It's like, it's so, so very, so very silly. And it did such a disservice to the first one. And it's for people who have a hard time with nuance. It's for people who don't know nuance and can't let a joke land and can't let a room breathe and can't let somebody have a moment. (laughs) I don't know.
1: It's for... Americans that want to feel like they have good taste in cinema. yes But don't want to bother reading subtitles. No, but they do. Yeah. Hey, Eric. What's up? Did you like it?
0: Uh, no. Didn't I did <laughs> not like this movie. It was not a good movie. It wasn't good. Such a slap, like you said, such a slap in the face at the other. It's like such a fuck you, like Oh, you made this good thing? Let's make a fucking D-rate version. Dude, I'd
1: be pissed if I somebody did this. I like, would to, Like, to something that I spent so much time and care in, and then it was like, all right, cool, here, what, you want to remake this? No, I don't want to remake this. Okay, cool, we're going to do it then. Um, what?
0: How about no, and how about fuck you? J.J. Abrams friend.
1: Yeah, I don't like it either. Mm. Meh.
0: And I didn't like your Star Wars movie, so meh.
1: Oh, Me neither. I have so much to say about that fucking movie. I know, Don't get me did. started. I know. <laughs> we, like, talked for, for, like, days about this. I know we
0: did. We did. We were just, okay. like, we both got out, and, like, we were, you, me, and my boy. like, we we're all just, like, texting, like, and then this, and then that meant this, and then what? what and did- then fuck this, fuck And this, this, again, this, I'm not this. even a big Star Wars boy, like, but I could tell just based on, uh, with you know what? Yeah.
1: We're going to talk about that Money shit milk. at some point, but yeah. we're going to let everybody simmer down and then we'll bring back the conversation. Anyways, I think I'm done.
0: <laughs> I'm done too. Oh, did cool. you like this movie?
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: okay, cool. <laughs> Sick.
1: Chill. All right. So thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. You can write in to us at NostalgiaPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on all the social media, Nostalgia.pod, NostalgiaPodcast. I don't know. It's everywhere we're... Yeah. um Instagram, Twitter, mainly. So We're, not everywhere, but <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> um. Tell your friends. Subscribe, tell all your friends. Do subscribe. The same. Yeah. We leave us a sub rating, a review. Is Five
0: star thing? us, please. I,
1: we we have some, and it's so great. I yeah. Love-
0: we have them in a, a jar, actually. All the stars that we've gotten so them. far, are just yeah. like collected we stare at them so we would like more of them and to look at also and when we also. fill
1: the jar we get a pizza party it's
0: true so yeah
1: get us that pizza come party on.
0: come on pizza <laughs>
1: um we would like to say thank you to david Tercero for providing technical support danny Bar- danny barkley for editing our podcast <laughs>
0: and who will edit that
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you um and thank you eric
0: thank you jess
1: now um we're going to do this yeah. yeah 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 so the in-
0: who Do you want to do it first?
1: Um, sure.
0: We just have one last thing to say.
1: Stay cute.
0: And stay critical. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.